You're listening to the Belmont Skates Islanders Podcast. Now, here's your host, Craig Dixon. Hi guys, welcome back to the Belmont Skates Islanders Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Dixon, back for Season 2 of Belmont Skates, baby! Woo! We got another NHL season upon us. The New York Islanders are opening up their 2019 through 2020 regular season against the Washington Capitals at the Nassau Coliseum Friday night at 7 o'clock. I will be there in attendance later tonight. That is right. Um, I'm looking forward to a brand new season. There's lots to talk about. Where I last left you off, guys, I was previewing the second round series uh, against the Carolina Hurricanes. Obviously, the Islanders got swept. Uh, A couple calls didn't go their way in game one. It kind of just seemed to set the tone for the rest of the series, unfortunately. But you know what? It's a new season. There's new players. There's We've lost a few players. There's a lot to recap, a lot to preview here. There's not a lot of actual hockey to talk about aside from a few uh preseason games but you know you really can't it's it's you really can't go by anything on preseason games um you should know that better by now if you do uh so let's start with the offseason moves uh islanders lost in the second round series obviously they swept the penguins in the first round second round loss to the carolina hurricanes um who would went on to the uh eastern conference finals and then lost themselves so I guess I guess really the big news of the offseason is, you know, the personnel changes. So, uh first of all, first and foremost, let's get Scott Gomez is out as one of their of the Islanders coaches, uh assistant coaches or whatever you want to call him. Um many believe that uh he will be replaced by Jim Hiller. Uh I I'm assuming that's the responsibility that Jim Hiller who was brought on uh to Whatever his responsibility is, I'm hoping it was to replace the Scott Gomez power play, which was absolutely atrocious last year, although pretty effective in the first round of the playoffs against the Penguins. So I don't know. Maybe we can get a little bit of momentum a little with going into the next season. No, probably not. Probably not because they got their asses kicked in the second round. Anywho, moving on. Uh, so as I le- when I left you guys off last time, I t- last time I spoke with you, the real big thing was uh, the Islanders were – you know the the rumor was the Islanders had a couple free agents. They had uh, Robin Leonard coming off of, uh, coming coming off a contract, or Jordan Eberle coming off a contract, Captain Anders Lee, um, some smaller one, uh, well Brock Nelson as well, uh, some smaller ones like Tom Kunakel and Valtteri Filppula. Uh, so there was a pretty general consensus among Islander fans that Leonard was going to definitely be back. Brock Nelson was probably going to be back. And that Robin Leonard was most definitely going to be brought back. And, well, two of those three happened to work out. Um, the odd one out that also did work out was that Jordan Eberle seemed to buy himself a new contract with that unbelievable first-round series against the Penguins where he scored a goal in all four games. Uh, so Jordan Eberle's back for long term. Uh, kind of caught me off guard, but I, I think I actually remembered saying to my buddy when we were at one of those games against the Penguins, that was like, man, he's been playing good the last couple weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if he just bought himself an extension with the Islanders. And lo and behold, here we are. Maybe I said that on the podcast too. I don't know. I don't remember. By the way, speaking of podcasts, holy shit. Uh, there's like 30 Islander podcasts now. Like I'm dropping this one the same day that like Arthur Staple and Andrew Gross of Newsday and, uh, uh, and, uh, what is it called? The Athletic have dropped their own podcasts, which are probably much better quality and have actual guests, unlike me. Um, plus, of course, you've got uh, all the great ones like Isle Seed, uh, Isle's Anxiety, and uh, uh, the Isle's Faithful. Uh, mad props to all those guys. Big fans of their shows. One of the many reasons I decided to do one of my own. Uh, but shit, man. 
this this I, I thought I found like a little niche market and it's gone now. Like now there's like 40 podcasts about the Islanders. So hopefully you, you, you decide to stick with me. Uh, so anyway, back to the free agents. Uh, Brock Nelson also re-signed, uh, and uh, that was, uh, you know, another long-term deal. He had a very good season with the Islanders last year. I'm very happy that he's back. Um, Islander center depth is not very, not very good behind Barzell and Brock Nelson. So honestly, signing him to a long-term deal was something they had to do because there's just nobody in the pipeline. Sure, you got Otto Koivula. And uh, we'll talk about another guy shortly, um, but yeah, so that was surprising. Uh, I, I was I, I was surprised that it, it it worked out so well with Brock. I thought maybe those would be one of those uh, contracts that would kind of go to the wee hours. And the one that really kind of shocked me at, at how long it took was Anders Lee signing his his uh, seven year extension with the Islanders. So the Islanders don't lose two captains in two consecutive years. Anders Lee just ultimately decides to stay. Uh, Whew, what a relief that day was uh, in July. But Anders Lee is not is locked in. You're probably overpaying him a little bit. He's only you know he's the the perception around Islander fans is that he's a little bit younger than he actually is. But you have to remember he he broke into the league when he was a little bit older. So it's gonna be kind of a, it might be a little similar to that Boychuk contract. You're probably gonna love the first couple years and then you're kind of start going to be like, wow, we're going to be paying this guy for a while in his, probably in his decline years. But it's something you have to do. You have to lock up some homegrown uh, players, especially a guy as likable and, and a, honestly, a great goal scorer. I mean, he's not going to score the prettiest goals. He's not a Matt Barzell. He's not Jordan Everly, but he gets the Mark Parrish, you know, pound those goals from the crease in type of goal. So that's very important. Uh, and I, I, I'm very glad. So the Islanders locked up three of the four major ones right off the bat. So the only remaining one was Robin Leonard. And in kind of like shocking fashion, the Islanders lost out on Robin Leonard. Uh, I'm, I'm still kind of like upset about how this, this whole thing transpired. I mean, he ended up winning the Masterton trophy. He ended up winning, uh, the Jennings trophy along with Grice. And he was a finalist for the Vesna guy run in the running for the Islanders, in the running for three goaltending uh, trophies at the end of last season, and the Islanders don't give him a contract. Uh, apparently, uh, the rumors going around with uh, Leonard and you know the agents and what Lou Lamorello has said is that the Islanders offered him a contract. Leonard thought he was worth more and probably longer term. The Islanders weren't really willing to budge, um, so Leonard went out to free agent thinking, hey, I just won two trophies, and I'm, I was in the running for a third. I'm probably worth more than this, and he's probably right. Uh, but the problem is, around the NHL, there weren't a lot of goalie, a lot of teams looking for a new number one starting goalie. Um, you know, Bobrovsky was moved in the offseason, but that was it. And once he signed, that was, that was pretty much it with goalie movement. There wasn't a lot of goalie movement. So, Leonard apparently was according to him was shocked that you know he couldn't find a long-term deal um started you know looking around and he came back to the islanders and said hey i'm 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 willing to sign that whatever that original contract you offered was and lou and the islanders said yeah sorry we moved on you know we we couldn't be prepared we couldn't go into the season not knowing what we had and pretty much the islanders in i i mean i I don't think anybody really saw this coming. Signed Samon Varmalov to a four-year deal. Uh, now, not to knock on the player, um, Varmalov's had a a good career, but this kind of just 
this kind of just like reminds me of the Yaroslav Halak signing. Um, and don't get me wrong, Yaro Halak's first season in in the on the island was unbelievable. Okay, he set the Islanders all time wins record in a regular season. Islanders had a magnificent season in uh, the twenty fourteen through fifteen season, but. The later years of that contract, he got a little injured. Uh, the Islanders decided to do a three-headed goalie situation with J.F. Berube one year and sent Halak to the minors for whatever reason. Maybe cost the Islanders the playoffs that year because they called him up. They called up Halak too late, and they missed the pl- playoffs by one point. Uh, I might be remembering these wrong, the, these years wrong, but still, it's just I I, I don't get it. It's a Halak was a gr- a good goalie before the Islanders signed him. He never really ever lived up to that great playoff series he had with uh the canadian uh, the montreal canadians um but you know that happens uh you know but he gave the islanders a couple good years but most of he was like 50 50 two years where he was pretty good and two years he was pretty bad uh and that's what this varmalov signing is it's another four-year deal um his best years are kind of a couple years behind him he's not a bad goalie don't get me wrong the islanders have you know i've heard it before the islanders have their goalie whisperer they have mitch corn they have greco they have a bunch that they have a great coaching staff i get that that's what you hope for as an as, as an islander fan you need good coaching they, i mean we had mike dunham as our islanders goal coach for years and our goaltending was also terrible for years so this is yes of course we have good coaching maybe he can get varmalov back to the to that level that they were at but I'm just not sold on this being the long-term answer. Now, of course, the caveat to that is that apparently he's good buddies with the good old uh, the Mr. I've never seen before, Ilya Sorokin, the Islanders' really legit, only legit goaltending prospect that's even close to the NHL level, who's in the KHL right now. Uh, he's coming off his, he's going into his last season in the KHL. He just won the KHL championship last year. Uh, so the hope is the Islanders, after Sorokin has completely dominated the KHL, he has nothing left to prove in the KHL, are going to try and entice him to come over to the NHL for the exact reason that they signed Varmala for, to have a buddy who can help you get through the, uh, the, ri- the rough uh, transition to becoming an NHL goalie. Now, that's all fine and good with me. I, I, I don't mind that they're trying to give Sorokin a reason. I mean, Sorokin has been quoted at saying when Gar Snow is general manager is, I I don't want to play for that organization as long as Gar Snow is in, uh, in charge of the, of the Islanders. But I, I mean, first of all, we can't really go by, uh, quotes like that. I mean, I, maybe he said it, maybe he didn't. I don't know. You know, there's always, uh, there seems to be some kind of like Russian, Russian contingency of, of, I'm not talking about Russian fans in general, but, like, there are some people in, like, who are reporters, uh, like, in, like, hockey media on Twitter who kind of shit on the Islanders who don't even really follow the National Hockey League. Like, I I have found that that is something that bothers me for some reason. Um, But why should it? Because everybody shits on us? I don't know. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, So, I mean, yeah, so the idea is Varmalov will be the starting goalie with Thomas Grice this year. Hopefully they can get Sorokin coming in next year and ha- have him tan- probably tandem with uh, with uh, blah, blah, with uh, Varmalov. And then, you know, as those three years of the Varmalov contract uh, continue, I guess Sorokin kind of takes over the reins as number one goalie, of course. Number one, granted, if he's even going to be good in the NHL, because again, the KHL is not the NHL. There are very skilled players there. There are a lot of players who play there who would be great in the NHL, but it doesn't always... 
translate to the NHL. Look at Jan Kovac last year. Remember how everybody was bitching and moaning how he couldn't, the Islanders sent him down to the minors and then they cut him and he went to the Providence Bruins. Yeah, he didn't make the Pro- he didn't make the Bruins either. I, I know the Bruins were better than the Islanders last year, but fuck, it, let, let's calm down. And, and he ended up going back overseas. So it's not cut and dry that he's going to end up working out. So I don't really love this move for just, if that's the reason that they signed Varmalov is to get Sorokin over here, like, that's not the move I want to make. Um, and what happens if he doesn't come? What if he doesn't come? What do we do then? Uh, I, I've had internal, internally I've said, well, you know what, Grice's contract is up at the end of the year, and so is Leonard in Chicago, so hopefully if if they're stuck with Varmalov, Sorokin doesn't come over, Maybe they just re-sign Robin Leonard next offseason. That's my hope. That's my hope. That's the best-case scenario if Sorokin doesn't come over. But ideally, I would have really liked to have Sorokin and Robin Leonard. But I digress. I digress. Uh, so those were the really the the, th- the the four biggest moves of the offseason. Then there were some lower-level ones. Uh, Tom Kunakl re-signed for another year. Um not much of a surprise after his good showing in the, the last couple weeks of the season, including the first round of the playoffs. I think he probably should have sat the second round of the playoffs against the Hurricanes because they had more of a skilled team than the Penguins, who were, you know, kind of, it was a more physical series than anything. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Kunakl's back. He's a good, like, tw- 13th forward guy to be scratched most nights, maybe come in when another guy's banged up. Um, I, I kind of shat on him a lot last year on the podcast, so I'm going to give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. He had a pretty good end of the season, and he was great in the series against the Penguins. Um, so I'm okay with that. Uh, the other real, the other real, only real change was that Val- Valerie Filpula uh, ended up signing in Detroit for two years, which is kind of surprising that anybody would offer him a two-year contract. I was, honestly, I love Filpula. Fil- Fli- uh, I thought he was great. I couldn't believe he scored 17 goals for us last year. But I was so afraid, and this is probably because of my repressed memories of what Garcinot would do, is that any time he would make some kind of veteran signing of a guy that nobody else really gave a shot to, and he had like a decent showing the first year, Garcinot would sign him until eternity. It happened with Dennis Seidenberg. Remember that? Remember his first year on the Islanders? He scored a couple goals in his like first year, and everyone's like, whoa, Dennis Seidenberg's like suddenly scoring goals for no reason. And then guess what? Dennis Seidenberg was on the team pr- every year since then, including last year. Remember they signed him at the end of last year? Sure, he didn't play, but he practiced with the team the whole year. I wouldn't be surprised if that starts popping up again at some point this year, although this year it's probably Lucas Spisa, but that's fine. But, you know, I, I always worried about that, like that that one year, that one decent year from a veteran who's probably not likely going to repeat it to re-sign him. So I was kind of happy when I heard the Red Wings signed him. I really didn't want him back. I kind of wanted the Islanders to go after Brian Bo- Boyle as a replacement on the third line, but they didn't do that. Uh, the Islanders really didn't address it for a while, so it looked like Mitch Fritz was probably going to be uh, the third line center, possibly Otto Koivula, although he probably needs a little more seasoning in Bridgeport. Um, but only a couple weeks ago, the Islanders signed Derek Brassard, a former New York Ranger, to basically be the third line center. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really know what to feel about this. He's been hurt the last couple of seasons. He's been bounced around a lot. He played on three teams last year. Uh, I thought when he was going to the Penguins a couple of years ago, and I heard this on another podcast. I think it was Islanders Anxiety, and I, but I, I wanted to reiterate it because I thought the same thing. When the Penguins signed him, I was pissed off because I thought, like, damn it, how did the Penguins get a good player in Derek Brassard? That's going to help them, you know, 
advance to the Stanley Cup final again. But, you know, obviously that didn't work out. It didn't work out in uh, several play- stops last year. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. This might, this might be the thing. He has a defined role with the Islanders. Uh, it sounds like he's going to play a little bit of power play. He's probably not going to play penalty kill like uh, Phil, uh, Phil Pula did last year. So Islanders going to have to change up their power play and PK units. But I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm kind of – I'm okay with this move. He's younger than Philpula, uh, so – you know, obviously he's got the injury concerns, but the Islanders do have Mitch Fritz waiting um, to be called up at any moment. Uh, so, yeah, those were the really the big moves of the offseason, uh, transaction-wise. Now, the last couple days have been filled with a bunch of other news um, with guys who are already in the organization and just trying to figure out who's making a 23-man roster. Islanders had to re-sign a bunch of guys this past year uh, who were restricted free agents like Anthony Beauvillier, Josh Hosang, uh, among others. So... The real question was going into the last couple of weeks and training camp and and preseason games was who's going to make the roster? Who's going to be the tw- who's going to be the twenty three man roster? Who's going to be the twenty starters who play most nights? So as the se- as the preseason kind of progressed, obviously you know Matt Barzell is starting. There's no question. Uh, Josh Bailey, Anders Lee, no question. Jordan Eberle, Brock Les, Le- <laughs> Brock Nelson, no question. Oh God, I just tapped into an old podcast. <laughs> Uh, a bunch of guys, which were very obvious. Uh, Johnny Boychuk's not getting sent down. Uh, Devin Taves, despite you know being a, r- a young guy who maybe could benefit from a little AHL time, he's not going down. He's not going down. There's a lot of guys there was no chance of going down. So it really came down to the Islanders were kind of pigeonholed into three spots, uh, a third-line winger, uh, extra defenseman, uh, you know, a guy on the bench or most nights or a press box, and uh, like a again a a fourth uh, either defenseman uh, uh, sorry a second defenseman who's scratched or second offenseman offenseman I can't speak anymore this is the first time I, I have to dust off the old uh, vocal tra- uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna shut up now um, so it came down to who's gonna make the cut is it gonna be uh, Michael Dal Cole he had a pretty decent showing last year I know a lot of Islander fans seem to hate him for some reason I guess because he's not scoring goals but I'm not gonna get I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt because. It was his first real, real stint in the NHL. I know he did play a couple games here and there, but this was his first stint in the NHL, and I thought he looked good. He didn't put the puck in the net that as much as you'd like, but uh, I, I was I, I was hoping that he was going to be one of the guys making it. Um, Ross Johnson, who's on a uh, one-way contract. Uh, Tom Kunakel, who's on a one-way contract. Josh Hosang, who's on a one-way contract. Mitch Fritz, who, again, was on a one-way contract. Uh, and you know, and then it comes down to defensemen and the, really the shock, well, not the shocker, but if you heard the, if you listen to the quotes all off season and everything that Barry Trotz said, everything that Lou Lamorello said, this shouldn't have been too much a surprise, but, uh, Noah Dobson looks like he's making the NHL roster right from the get go in his first season, uh, uh, his, his, not his first season, but his, uh, first real opportunity to crack the lineup. Um, you know, he had a great, great unbelievable season in the queue last year uh they won their championship in that league i don't know what the championship's called sorry uh but dobson is a a dynamic young player a defenseman who could really move the puck maybe like a better version of nick liddy in a couple years i don't know 
uh, maybe not the speed, but he's a big guy. He's He's got a big presence. He's got good movement. There's a lot of things to like about his game. I saw him a couple of times at the Coliseum in the preseason games. He looked good. He didn't look like a young kid who's trying to make the roster. He looked like a kid who already belongs, kind of like how uh, Devin Taves just stepped in last year and just seemed like he belonged. Uh, so... That kind of created a problem, though, when this happened because uh, not not a it's again not a bad problem, a good problem to have. You have too many skilled defensemen. Somebody's going to have to either get waived or you're going to have to bench a guy. Now they already had six defensemen in before. Take out Noah, Do- <laughs> take out Dobson, and you have Nick Letty, Johnny Boychuk, Thomas Hickey, Adam Pellick, Ryan Pulak, and Scott Mayfield. Those are six NHL quality defensemen right there. So if you're throwing another one in there, you're going to bench one. You're going to bench one. I feel like I forgot somebody. I totally forgot someone. I forgot Devin Taves again. Yeah. So you have seven quality defensemen who are already in the lineup who need to play every night. Uh, so you're already benching one. And then Noah Dobson's impressed, is impressive as hell going into this training camp and preseason games. So now you have eight defensemen. So they had the option. What do you do? Do you carry eight defensemen, scratch two of them a night? Two of them don't get to play that often. Or do you wave one of them and scratch another one to have as an injury replacement? The Islanders ended up going with the latter and waved Thomas Hickey. I was a little surprised that Thomas Hickey got waved. I was kind of thinking Ross Johnston seemed to make the most sense. Uh, but they decided to wave Hickey. Hickey's a serviceable defenseman. He's not the most skilled guy, but he's a perfect like sixth defenseman, seventh extra defenseman. And I'm okay with the fact that they waved him. Now, you know, now that the news has dropped that he cleared waivers and he's reporting to Bridgeport. So that's good. The Islanders also waived Mitch Fritz um, because they had too many forwards. So Mitch Fritz goes goes down. He's not claimed, so no problem there also. Uh, Josh Hosang was one of the last cuts of the NHL roster. Um, I don't—I can't believe I have to talk about this guy— but here we are. The, the, the news broke today, earlier today. I remember recording this Thursday night. That uh, that Josh Hosang has requested a trade from the Islanders. Um, now we don't know really the specific reason. They didn't say why he did. You can assume that it's probably because he can't crack the NHL roster. Um, so he went through waivers. Everybody thought he was going to get claimed. He didn't. Uh, so he could be reporting to Bridgeport. But with this. News that he's being shopped around to be traded, and Lou Lamorell is trying to honor his request. He, the player's unhappy, and the Islanders don't probably don't want the distraction of Josh Hosang. There's, it's been five years of this of this nonsense of everything that Josh Hosang says. Everything he says kind of just comes off, rubs you the wrong way. Like, don't get me wrong, I was not a guy who was bashing him from day one. Who said he hasn't shown anything. He hasn't shown. No, I was a big I was a big Josh Hosang uh, supporter. I have one of his jerseys. Uh, I was. Very upset when they cut him two years ago. I was very upset when they cut him last year. But the more the every time something happens and you hear him open his mouth and you hear him not being gracious for the opportunity, not being kind of being like disgruntled about like everything. Like, let's not act like this guy like lit up the lamps in the AHL last year. He got demoted last year and he never got called up because honestly, he didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve it. He had some he had some disciplinary issues. They sent him home a few times. He, I mean. The day that he reported to his first Islanders camp in, what, 2014, he overslept because he didn't set his alarm, and they sent him back to juniors. That should have been sign number one that this guy was not going to work out. 
But, you know, you can't, you can't ever really know. He was just a kid back then. This guy's not a kid anymore. He's an adult. He's an adult, and he hasn't shown the offensive prowess that he showed. He hasn't shown the defensive prowess that the Islanders have been clamoring for him. He's a, a gifted skill stick handler. He's gifted, absolutely gifted, a lot like Rob Shremp. But Rob Shremp had a lot of fucking holes in his game, and those Islander teams were awful so that they could actually fit him onto the roster. The Islanders are a much more skilled team than the Rob Shremp New York Islanders. Sure, maybe maybe he would help. Analytics seem to agree that he would help. But he seems to just rub people the wrong way, whether it's the organization or he just doesn't, his comments to the media or whatever it is. There's just something about him that has kind of pissed everybody off. And now we're at the point where we're at the Nino Niederreiter days where we're hearing about a homegrown player requesting to be traded because he can't make the roster. This is a lot different circumstances. Hosang has been in the organization a lot longer than Nino was ever in it. So I don't know if that comparison is actually fair. But here we are. I don't know what happens now. He went He went unclaimed. Uh, I had some uh, dialogue with a few uh, a few people on Twitter today about this. Um, you know, why would anybody claim him? Why would anybody trade for him when they could claim him? The point the point that a lot of people were making, and it's true, is that now that he's demoted, he can be in the AHL, and maybe a lot of teams want to take a chance on a guy who's not going to help right now, but might help down the line. Um, it's a kind of a classic change of scenery type of trade if they're going to make one. Uh, Pull Jar Pull Jarvie. I've never been able to say that guy from Edmonton is a uh, is another disgruntled uh, guy who's on the cusp of the NHL but never really can quite make it, which is kind of shocking because the Edmonton Oilers have been kind of bad the last few years. Um, so maybe that's a swap to be made. There's a couple of trades like that out there. Uh, it, it's hard to make a trade like that, especially when the when the news is already out that the player is disgruntled and wants out, and the and the team wants to help out. Um, it's, it's very difficult to do that because you have no leverage. The Islanders have pretty much no leverage unless they're trading for an equal player back. The only time I remember it ever really working out is when Travis Hamanick requested a trade and the Islanders ended up keeping him for almost a year after that and said he wants to stay, he wants to stay, and then traded him after they built him back up. And, you know, that worked out for the Islanders. They got a couple of draft picks out of that. Um, other thoughts on the uh, offseason? I'm kind of tired of talking about Josh Hosang. Uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, uncertainty with the Islands. Uh, a lot of people are still predicting much like last year that they're not going to make the playoffs, that they're going to finish towards the bottom of the Metro division. I don't really buy it. Uh, everybody seems to love the Carolina Hurricanes. Like overnight, the Carolina Hurricanes got good in one season and now everybody's predicting them to come second place in the Metro, third place in the Metro. Uh, and nobody's predicting the Islanders to stay the somehow do the same thing that the Hurricanes did? I That I don't understand. The Islanders do have a very young, very talented core. Sure, there's not a lot of high-end talent, but when you have like a guy like Matt Barzell, who's still very young and one of the best players in the entire league, you got Jordan Eberle, who's going to definitely have a much better season this year. Anders Lee, a great captain who's going to spot a lot of goals. You got one of the best defensive cores in the league. Can you tell me that there's a better top eight in the NHL than the Islanders' top eight defensemen right now? You throw Noah Dobson in the seven guys they already have? Whew, that's amazing. And the good news is if anybody gets hurt, if Boychuk gets hurt, if they have a couple injuries, they got Thomas Hickey waiting in the wings. They got uh, Sebastian Ajo waiting in the wings. They've got they've got depth. And you know what? If, if all else fails... Lucas Spiza is probably going to have a PTO the whole season like Seidenberg did last year. So I don't think there's any team in the NHL that can really sustain amount, the amount of injuries that the Islanders could this year. Now, up the forward lines, 
it's not as depth it's not as deep sure josh hosang is an option if he does end up staying with the islanders uh I don't think he's probably the first call-up because the first call-up, depending on what position is injured, is probably uh, Oliver Wallstrom, who had a hell of a camp, and I thought he looked really good. I'm very happy to see that. He was kind of like a lost prospect by like when last year, like mid-last season, um, and he just he was playing on a bad team. He just couldn't seem to get it going, even like as the best player on the bad team, and when, the se- when his junior season ended, or it's not juniors because he's whatever, it's... whatever developmental league he was in he went to Bridgeport finished the season in Bridgeport played in the playoffs for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers played really good he was one of the best players in that playoff series that they lost uh I I I ended up watching most of those games those Wallstrom looked good so I was kind of like okay maybe maybe this is exactly what he needs he had a great camp like I was kind of shocked that he was one of the last cuts going into the he was the last guy I believe sent to the minors that didn't require waivers if my memory serves me correctly so it seems like if the Islanders lose one of their top nine wingers, he's probably the guy to get called. I think if one of the if you know if one of the fourth line guys get hurt, it's probably just gonna be Ross Johnson, who somehow survived the roster crunch, and uh, Tom Kunak will probably get in. But it looks like Dal Cole will be in most nights, probably on a line with Brassard and uh, I guess Anthony Beauvillier. Maybe Josh Bailey drops down if they decide to swap that up. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of, uh, uncertainty with, uh, NHL predictions. Uh, I, I really don't buy it. I don't see how the Islanders have, who really only replaced one major piece in swapping out Leonard for Varmalov are really that much worse of a team. Sure. Everybody says like, Oh, every other team got better this year. Like that's the same excuse I've been hearing for 30 years. Every team got better, but the Islanders, that doesn't mean shit. Honestly, if if they were one of the worst teams, if if you're talking about the Devils, who were a pretty bad team last year, if they got, oh my God, they got Jack Hughes. Ooh, yeah, they got better. Ooh, they got PK Subban. Yeah, he's he's good, but he's not the PK Subban who w- broke into the league like six or oh God, it must be eight or nine years ago, ten years ago now. He's not the same guy anymore. He's the, he doesn't put up the points that he used to. Sure, he's gonna help the Devils. It's he's he's gonna be a great influence on Devils, but he's not gonna put them over the top. Jack Hughes is probably not gonna light up the NHL in his first season. Sure, they're gonna be better. Yeah, the Rangers got Panarin. It would have been nice if the Islanders got him. Thanks for uh, uh, who who was it? Bob McKenzie who put the Islanders fans into a frenzy the night before saying the Islanders are the front runners that fucking dick uh but I, like like yeah they got Panarin good for them but do they have the defense that the I oh ooh, they got Truba okay Truba's good he's not elite though he's not elite like let's stop joking ourselves yeah Panarin he's an elite player I will say that he's an elite player but that's it Kako Kako? Kako? Is that even a name? I'm sure he's going to be a great NHLer. I'm probably going to hate him for years because he's on the Rangers. But this doesn't really affect the Islanders at all. The Islanders were one of the best teams in the league at preventing goals last year. They didn't score a lot, but they were the best at preventing goals. The Islanders haven't changed much. Sure, they lost Leonard. Leonard played lights out last year. But so did Grice. Grice is still here. Varmalov has the history. He could do this too. Maybe he comes back to maybe he gets back to that level that he was at a couple years ago in Colorado. I don't know. You really don't know. But the Islanders defense, if anything, it's improved with the addition of Noah Dobson. And you're getting a full season of Devin Taves. So I don't really buy these predictions putting the Islanders out on the outside looking in. 
the Capitals are probably going to win the division again. They, they will until Ovechkin retires, and that's pretty much how it will be. Ovechkin is one of the generational talents who can carry a team. Crosby is also one of those, but the, the Penguins seem to be slipping a little bit. They'll still probably make the playoffs, uh, maybe a wild card this year. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like top two and three, three it's going to be Islanders, Hurricanes, and like the Blue Jackets are going to fall off the map. They're gone. Uh, who, who else is it going to be? Is it going to be the Rangers? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't think the Rangers are going to make that jump yet. Maybe in a couple of years. The Devils? Hell no. Who the hell's playing goal for the Devils? Yeah, exactly. Schneider. Whew. Good luck with that, guys. The Islanders are in a very good position to still be a very good team going into the NHL season. And don't let the people. What do we always say? We say prove them wrong. Prove people wrong. That's what the Islanders do. All right, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up. I think I pretty much hit every point I wanted to make. Oh, wait a minute. No, I didn't. What about Belmont, guys? We had the news that Belmont is getting – we're finally getting our new arena built in Belmont. They had a groundbreaking ceremony a few weeks ago. They had this great season ticket event uh, last week, which was unbelievable. Uh, what, a, what an experience that was. Like, for the first time, a, like an, a New York Islander season ticket holder actually feels like they're being treated like, like holy shit, like we're important too, like – yeah, you, we pay a lot of money to go to these games. It'd be, it's cool to be uh, rewarded once in a while. So they had, the, they had everything. They had you could dig your own dirt and put a, put your dirt from the groundbreaking into a jar and take it home. It gave you like free T-shirts were going away. They had aut- alumni like Bobby Nystrom, Dennis Potvin, and uh, who else was there? I was gonna say Clark Gillies, but I don't think he was there. Uh, maybe he was. I don't remember. I was kind of. Here's the other thing that that was awesome about this, and I'm gonna rave about this. They had free beer open all day, which was, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but whew. when I am given access to free beer, I do not turn it down. And I also have a problem with stopping. Um, I was there from 1045, I want to say, until about, I think it was supposed to end at 2, but it ended up going a little late to like 2.30 or something, maybe 3-ish. And I ended up pounding down a few beers, and I went home not feeling so great uh i didn't get sick thank god but whew, i was i was a hot mess that day that was whew, hell of a lot of fun they should do more things like that more often don't do it at the actual event at islander games because people will probably die but you know have some more season ticket events like that that was pretty cool uh there was other great stuff there too they had some raffles to win like uh sweet upgrades and um and seat upgrades seat and suites um, I think I heard there was a free parking pass given away for the entire season, which is awesome because that's, like, worth $540. Uh, what else happened? Uh, they had, some, they had like, lots of things for the kids. There was, like, uh, inflatable, like, jump houses, and uh, there was, like, bubble station. They had a street hockey thing, free food, like, with a bunch of real food trucks, not just hot dogs and hamburgers, but, like, real food trucks, like, with Sicilian pizza and, like, pretzels and, like, Italian sausages and lots of other things, ice cream. It was an unbelievable experience. Uh, the Islanders' social media team was there in full force, like taking pictures, posting, retweeting, and reposting all these pictures that the Islander fans were tweeting. It really made Islander fans feel special. It was an unbelievable atmosphere. But the real big news, obviously, is the Islanders are finally getting their Belmont, the namesake of this podcast, the Belmont Arena, is being built. As we speak, you can watch the live feed anytime on the Islanders' official website, which I think is awesome. They didn't have that when they were building Yankee Stadium 
uh, a little over 10 years ago. So this is really cool. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So the Islanders should open up the 2021 through 22 season. Also the 50th anniversary season, which is going to be pretty nice. Uh, and now that the Islanders will move there full time. Um, other new arena news, uh, the Islanders were scheduled to play 21 games at the Nassau Coliseum this year, 20 at Barclays. Uh, with the announcement of Belmont, they also announced that 12, uh, sorry, seven additional games will be moved from the Barclays Center back to the Coliseum. So now there's 28 games at the Coliseum and only 13 at, in Brooklyn this year, which is great, especially for anybody who bought season tickets and lives in Nassau. It's, a, it's unfortunate for the fans who live in Brooklyn. I know there are fans in Brooklyn. I've met a few. I had a small uh, ticket plan a couple years ago. I sat next to a guy. He was a really nice guy. He lived in Brooklyn. He like became a hockey fan because of the move to Brooklyn. He really enjoyed going to the game. So like I do feel for people like that because I know they're n- not going to be able to go as often as they would like. Um, but, I mean, for the, for the fan base in general, the majority of the fan base, this is a great move. The, the Nassau Coliseum is... A, one of the oldest arenas in the league, okay? Yes, it's refurbished. Yes, it's lipstick on a pig. We've all heard that a million times. But this is this is a nice thing that they've done this year. It's very nice that we get to play, thir- uh, what did I say, 27 games this year? That's a, Or 28 games, I should say. Um, it's unbelievable that they're doing it. The atmosphere at the Coliseum games versus the Barclays, it's like night and day, night and day. You have a loud, rambunctious uh crowd in the coliseum we've been tailgating for hours you have that tailgating atmosphere too that's like a huge part i'll be there tomorrow later tonight um that's a that's huge uh and you know the barclay center like yeah you can drink on the train like that's is a, a part of the culture that has sort of become part of islanders culture but it's not the same you got to go to like a restaurant if you want to stay out you know you can't just drink in the parking lot uh you know it's it you know and if you're looking to save money like yeah the sure parking is going to cost a lot at the coliseum but you can bring your own beer and you can drink there. That's a big part of it to me. Um, yeah, you can bring your own beer on the train too, but if you want to get there early, what are you going to do? You can't drink in the pavilion. You can't drink in front of that big giant rock that's in front of it. What is that anyway? That giant rock in front of the Barclays. Does anybody know? Can somebody explain that rock to me? I'm trying trailing off here. It's my first episode of the season. Give me a little break here. Uh, I think I'm going to wrap it up. Big big season ahead of us, everyone. Um, Islanders have a couple games right off the bat, a couple at home right off the bat. Islanders are playing Sunday at home, playing Tuesday at home. So Islanders are gonna be won't be on the road for a couple days. So hopefully get a, rattle off a few wins with that like fired up atmosphere. Two weekend games uh, if you count Friday as a weekend. I do. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to the season, guys. I'll be back in a couple weeks. I don't really know how often I'm gonna do this. Uh, depends on my schedule at home. Uh, you know, I have a kid, so that kind of complicates things. So yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you like to follow us on Twitter, I say us. Uh, follow me on Twitter. You can follow my personal Twitter account at Craig J Dixon. You can follow the podcast at Craig <laughs> at Belmont Skates, both on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, please give a follow. Give me some likes and retweets, and put put the word out there about Belmont Skates because apparently there's a lot of competition. In fact, Arthur Staples. Uh, uh, new podcast is called No Sleep Till Belmont. So I'm glad I got the Belmont Skates. Uh, I, I, I'm glad I snatched that name out there because I feel like somebody was going to steal it at some point. All right, guys, enjoy the regular season, and let's go Islanders.